0: she's been here this Hold whole on. time well i was gonna welcome oh. us back to the q a portion of the podcast but i think it's time oh, for okay. another cleo cameo oh, oh my cleo.
1: goodness And go, what cleo. we're gonna need oh, we're hi. gonna need a cleo cam for whenever she's on screen for <laughs> her own little box separate
2: okay okay noted oh, my noted gosh. I, we'll fix oh, it in let post let it out of the way. i so did not notice the little miss was here
0: Hello and welcome to a very special New Year's bonus episode of the Overly Sarcastic Podcast. Woo. I am Indigo, and for once I get to do the introduction. And I am joined today by your usual channel and podcast host. Red.
2: <laughs> Hello, it's me.
0: <laughs> and Blue.
2: Hello. I've also got a Clio. I've got an adorably festive little Cleo, come here. She's got she's got a holiday sweater. She's the fluffiest little lump, Ooh. Cleo. Say hi. Say she hi. Hello, Nibid. friends. Say Hello hi. Say hi so to, to Red and Indigo and your millions of <laughs> adoring fans. So cute. Mwah. The <laughs> offer of Cleo merch okay. still
1: stands. Off she goes.
2: Off she goes. That's that. Thank you, little she miss. And she goes. Thank you yes, for being that's... a good sport. fast <laughs> yeah, <it's> cat hair. <laughs> oh, no. Okay, we're good. We're good. Uh, great start.
0: <laughs> excellent. Excellent. Well, on today's very special episode, just like we did last year, we're going to be wrapping up all of the great content we made this year, sharing some fun tales around the fire, and bringing it on home for the new year. So uh, without further ado, why don't we, we jump on into our first category of videos we'll be discussing, our favorite videos from this year. So this is the Red and Blue's favorite videos they created. Uh, Can I get a drum roll, please? (laughs) Today's, this year's, this universe's favorite videos are Antique Antics, Neoclassical Architecture, and Werewolves. Yeah,
1: uh, who wants to go first?
2: <laughs> uh, well, chronologically, mine came first because it was, like, May? Werewolves was was recent. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, I The Antique Antics, well, the funny thing is I only actually started calling it Antique Antics a month ago because that's when I came up with a name for the series when I did the Doge's Palace <laughs> video because I had <laughs> this video just titled as Neoclassical Architecture. No history summarized, no history... Ha- it's just like that, and I'm like, I'm going to find a title that alliterates... At some point, I didn't have it yet, but it's like I got so now it has a title. But until then, it didn't. It was fun. It was it was very different. I, like I've talked about things before. I've talked about you know buildings and junk in like the you know the top domes video. But this was the the first time I really took a, a leap on doing a video that is not necessarily a chronological history of events, but like the progression of culture in a way which is really cool and different, and I had a lot of fun with it, because it's, like, it's Italy, and it's dumb buildings and stuff, and it's Brunelleschi being a big old diva, so, like, what's not to love?
1: (laughs) Yeah, it was definitely a party. Um... And uh, mine was uh, Werewolves, as previously stated, the Halloween special for this year. I'm trying really hard not to sneeze, I'm sorry. (laughs) This is a nightmare. Let (laughs) it out, let it out, Red. No, 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 it's not happening. The cat Um... comes
2: on screen and then Red's like,
1: (laughs) (laughs) I thought I was getting better about this allergy of mine. Mm. Uh, Yeah, so Werewolves was a a fun time. Um, Just because A, there was no way a video about werewolves wasn't going to be a party. I mean, come on, that subject is a winner automatically. It was very fun to research. It was also cool because, um, as mentioned, uh, a werewolf scholar emailed us to help me out researching this video. And that was just the most beautiful thing to show up in our inbox after I was tweeting about werewolf research. It's like, wow, there's some amazing people in this world. Um, Yeah,
2: because it's one thing when you find a good source. It's another thing when a source finds you. (laughs) Yes, hello. (laughs)
1: Hello. Yeah, so that was great, uh, and obviously the video was a blast. You know, it ended up being about half an hour long, and I, I wouldn't change a thing. You know, I I'd considered cutting some bits, and I was like, no, I gotta keep in Duncan on Heinrich Kramer because nobody yeah. likes that guy. Yeah. Everyone's got to you, know. You cut
2: the Twilight part, which was objectively the correct choice, because there <laughs> yeah. there is nothing that you could have really said. That people don't already just, like, know from, like, background consciousness.
1: (laughs) I'm not sure if people were aware that the werewolves in Twilight are not werewolves, because werewolves exist in Twilight and are unrelated to the protagonists who can turn into wolves. Yes. The Twilight Wiki is a wild ride. Don't go there. I redacted anyway. my statement.
2: <laughs> apparently. <laughs>
1: yeah, but I, I was like, this is just in the wiki. They never mentioned this in the movies. I should know. I watched all of them. Uh, so it was just, yeah, cutting those three minutes was self-care on my part. Um, but yeah, no, it was a, it was a fun time. It was very well received, uh, and I'm proud of it. Yeah.
2: Sorry, I'm just giving some. <laughs> look at that face.
1: Treats.
2: <laughs> there she goes. Blast. Awesome. I, I'd like to say that the, uh, the the treats tin that we give Cleo her treats in is a uh, Harnian Sons tea tin with the arrested for fish crimes and also murder sticker from the Loki pin pack.
0: <laughs> yes <laughs> excellent Excellent. Well, in addition to videos that you personally love this year, we had some videos that our fans really liked this year. You could say that these were perhaps our most liked videos of the year or our most popular. That's the next category we're covering. Shock, surprise. What a flawless transition by Indigo. Uh, can I get another drum roll, please, for this p- announcement? <laughs> Fantastic. Fantastic.
2: What are you what are you Treats? <laughs> Cleo. <Clio. laughs> is that the- Oh, it's. Ch- Oh, sorry. I threw
0: chicken in there. Cyan
2: threw a small piece of chicken in here. <laughs> oh. Got a little, got a little Oh, no. go back
0: in there. We're good. Everything's <laughs> cool. Great. Don't worry about it. <laughs> the most popular videos from this year were Hades and Persephone and Athens City Minutes Shorts. Yeah.
2: Yeah, let's let's yeah. start with let's go chronological again. Let's start with Hades and Persephone. The,
0: yeah, um, the most I can't popular videos will year. always
2: skew to earlier in the year because there's more mm-hmm. time for them to get lots of views. But but still, yeah. Hades and Persephone was an absolute banger.
1: I can't oh, yeah. believe it was only this year that that video came out. <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah, Hades and Persephone was a. Uh, it's a good video. It's one of those videos that I was never going to be able to get perfect. Yeah, uh, I was never going to be a hundred percent happy with it just because the space of research about it is so. Uh, Bad. Let's not mince words. It's bad. It's hard to research. It's complicated. It's contradictory. Stuff gets deprecated every other week. Sometimes it's like, well, this is a theory, but it's not widely accepted. So why'd you put it in your video? It's like, because it's a theory, and I said it was a theory. What are you talking about? Um, But no, it, it was fun. It was fun to research and look into the stuff. Of course, anytime I start looking into, you know, the Greek Dark Age, everything is going to get a little bit theoretical. So it's like, yeah. well, you know etymologically it might be this, which would be neat and while we're crack theorying it up, maybe it's this and you know so that was cool. Um, it was a uh, it was a fun video to make i'm I'm glad I did it. Uh, people seemed like it. I hope that people did not ignore my disclaimers about this is my personal crack theory. there's no evidence for it uh, and go into other people's comment section to be like, well, actually, according to this one person <laughs> it you know it, it kind of. <laughs> I don't know if this is directly relevant, but it does kind of bug me when I say something and I'm like, I'm proud of this statement, and then somebody, like, comes to bat for me and repeats my statement, and I'm like, well, now I think it just sounds silly. <laughs> like, why, why'd why you have to be on my side with this one, man? I, I don't know. I don't know exactly how to explain it. But, like, there's stuff I said in that video where I was like, this would be cool, but I don't know if it's true. And then people are like, this is categorically true, as said by Red of OSP, <laughs> Direct all complaints to her channel. And I'm like, oh, Okay. But, um, no, I mean, it did numbers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's why we're talking no, it about did. it right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's always fun to kind of just deep, deep dive into something where there's really that, there's just so much stuff there. And I was like, there's so much stuff we know and there's even more stuff we have no yeah. idea about.
2: It It's interesting because of, although we, we often think of them as, you know, as a, as a bundled pair, they are, on their own, extremely weird for very unique and distinct reasons, like, yeah. you know, Perse- uh, Perseides, Perseides and Hefany. Good God. Hey. Uh, <laughs> Hades and Persephone we got have two their ship story. Names, babe. Yeah. Hades and Persephone have their story together, of <laughs> course, but, like, probably. Hades has his own, like, weird, like, Mycenaean something or other. Persephone's got some crazy, like, pre-Mycenaean nonsense going on, so it oh. is interesting how they... They ended up finding each other, not just as the the characters in the mythology, but as, like, these entire, like, threads of gods that were known by different names and different cultures eventually coming down together and then getting shipped <laughs> by the <There> Greeks. Are...
1: <laughs> you know, it's interesting. I, I, I can't really go into much detail on this because I've only done preliminary research, but there are some gods in Greek mythology that seem to have started out separate and... Ancient Greece, the culture combined them in various ways, not to syncretize them, but like to draw these relationships between them. And obviously Hades and Persephone is one of those because it's like, did Hades exist in the Dark Ages? (laughs) Probably, but maybe not, actually. And then, you know, Persephone, well, she did, but was she inextricable from Demeter? You know, you get them together. But then there's the situation with Artemis and Apollo, who are both maybe Minoan but weren't twins yeah, in the Minoan one? They were so... born in
2: the Cyclades, or the, the yeah. Cycladic islands, which is pretty solidly Minoan turf. It, it was Mycenaean right. later, but like, when did the myths start?
1: <laughs> yeah, and the, so the idea of making them fraternal twins seems to have been a new thing, because there are there's not like an archetype of fraternal twin gods. There's a reason why Artemis and Apollo are unique, you know, So so there's stuff like that where ancient Greece, when it got these gods, drew these connections between them in interesting ways, and I... I don't think we see that a lot of the time, but yes, the Hades and Persephone video had a lot of that. Yeah. And it was very interesting to research, even if my conclusion was similar to the, the later Loki one was like, "Huh." <laughs> <laughs> sorry, yeah. I wasn't there. That's part we of what makes say. it fun.
2: Yeah. Mm, yeah. Meanwhile, on uh, later in, in Greek history, when we get to uh, the classical period, we have the, the video from my my side of things, which is uh, a great object lesson in, in why getting views is not the most important thing, because it was fine. my most popular video of the year is objectively my worst video of the year. <laughs> it was oh, the man. Athens City Minutes, and it's uh, the shorts were an experiment and they didn't work. Because even though the core idea of City Minutes was good, where it's like, oh, like we take a look at at one city in in one little minute and just like go in, go out, everything you need to know, not everything, but like enough, and then like that's it. It's clean. There's not an ounce of fat on those videos, and then off you go. It was it was okay, but it was like the vertical is weird. the the the, the subtitles were kind of weirdly spaced, and it was kind of hard to read them. Uh, and it was it just it. it it just didn't work. So we moved it around. We did it for the for the new version of City Minutes, the not shorts. But the shorts since they work on a different like algorithm than regular YouTube videos, they just started doing numbers. The 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 series announcement did eh. Uh, the Carthage one did eh. Uh, but the Athens one did the best out of any of my videos this year, which is just weird. It's like, okay, I guess I guess that's the one. Um so yeah, Oh well,
1: <laughs> it was fine. It was good, and it, it started you on you know the actual city minutes series, which yeah. is quite good. Yeah, so. it was
2: it, it was a step to, <laughs> to something better, and that's that's one of the things that we we don't often do a lot on the channel. We take a lot of experiments that that tends to work out fairly well. Like detailed diatribes it was great, oh, architecture, uh, the the antique antics was great. Every once in a while, you have to think, you know, I've got an idea, and then try it, and then realize how it failed not just like oh i don't i don't like this people are complaining but it's like people like the idea of the show it's just the way that it's packaged that's wrong okay we can work with that so Mm -hmm. it's 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 an object lesson in in views not being the most important thing but also in being able to you know commit to an idea try it out go for it and then if it doesn't work just roll with it and rearrange it play with it and get something that does work so it's uh, not, not every uh, OSP idea comes comes out the brain fully formed. Sometimes it, it takes an extra step. Yeah.
0: But, but yeah. Some of them, you might say, are a little challenging. Uh, and a little, a, yeah, of, a little challenging. A little challenging, one could say. And on that note, I'm gonna, my goal is to make all these transitions as awkwardly smooth as possible. Uh, Perfect. The next categories, of course, are most challenging videos of the year. These are ones that Red and Blue have identified as problem children. Uh, but we love them nonetheless. So if I could get another drum roll, please. <laughs> You're gonna have this down to a science by the end. Uh, the most challenging videos from this year were history summarized, Poland, and Loki. <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh, Loki. <laughs> what a trick! Yeah, yeah. Read. <laughs>
1: uh, Loki, Loki. I've been researching for about two years before that video went up. Not like. <laughs> constantly you know i had other stuff going <laughs> yeah. on but geez um yeah he's a mess he's a mess. shocker and it's like <laughs> it, it's so funny that you're like oh loki one of the most famous norse gods i'll just go look at the you know surely massive corpus of literature documenting his many adventures and then it just ends up being like <laughs> You know that, that gif from Avatar with Zuko and the scroll. He's like, where's the rest of it? Yeah, yeah that's yeah. me with the works of Snorri Sturluson, goddammit. So anyway, yeah, yeah it was uh, it was tricky to research because it's like, all right, cool, I have all three pieces of literature about him and, like, 2,000 years of other stuff, so what do I do? Yeah, <laughs> um,
2: It was funny seeing people uh, twig on to the fact that, like, a Loki deep dive video was in the works as early as the first... Dragon Rush streams yeah, from last year where mm-hmm, you mentioned that yeah. you were researching Loki and people in the comments were like <gasps> and then uh, a year, year and a half it later so or uh, two thirds of a year later the video came out <laughs>
1: yeah it was oh boy yeah it went well and you know I'm, I'm happy with how the video turned out but it was so very like conspiracy board and of course you know with anything like this. It's like, well I'm gonna try to go into the etymology. I can't. Okay, moving on. <laughs> We're gonna try and go into this. Ah, we can't. Fantastic. Well, let, let's bring up these crack theories people had and why they're wrong. Anyway, uh, It was like, okay, this is all the information I've scraped together that's relevant to the subject of Loki. And now it's half an hour long and it's a Here you go. okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, Ta-da. can I get it? What's my overarching narrative? The overarching narrative is there is no narrative. Yay, I win, okay. Classic
2: Loki. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's an interesting
0: mm-hmm. change from your most difficult video from last year, which was Stranger in a Strange Land, which feels like it was difficult in a different direction. So it's neat that you've got to try out a different kind of challenge this year.
2: Yeah.
1: I'll admit but... I prefer the uh, conspiracy board challenge to the, <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. <sighs>
2: Yeah, because the the yeah. Loki, the werewolves, and the Hades and Persephone video are all kind of in the same wheelhouse, where it's like, mm-hmm. how does this character end up being the way they are? And then it's you know mm-hmm. busting out the thumbtacks and string to try and figure that out. But yeah, they're all yeah, deep that's dived. it. Yeah. It's it's a the, the deep dives are are a very thin border between like interesting and fun and like yeah and then just you spill over and it's like wait a minute none of this makes sense and loki like just kind of skirts the line of none of this makes sense but it's still like in that realm where it's really fun and interesting because it's just it is an investigation rather than just figuring out like okay like what's the established consensus about thing it's like oh there is none (laughs)
1: Yep, yep. it gives me a certain degree of freedom because it gave me the ability to sort of be like hey look we legit don't know like a lot of the time when i do the research i sort of have to you know i've got the notes and then i have to polish it together and turn that into a script and sort of a nice linear narrative but with loki it was like here's my research process you all get to live the nightmare with me so you know a little bit easier that way yeah yeah
2: yeah meanwhile mine was was not so much a, a thumbtacks and string but just uh a difficult exercise in in getting the narrative to fit, uh, which was Poland. Uh, A very interesting corner of European history that I haven't really dug into much before. I haven't gone much west of France um, in in the northern parts. Well, I've done some Scandinavia, so I I haven't gone southeast of Scandinavia. Cool. Um, That that fell apart as soon as I assembled it. Uh, (laughs) But it, it was a challenge in part because I was coming at it completely blind. Uh, I've never done Polish history before, Um, and similarly, I'd never done the history of South Africa before. I did a history on South Africa earlier this year as well, which was also a, a challenging video, but there was something else about Poland, because it's so hard to tell the story from Poland's perspective, because you basically are looking at any one of, like, five different directions where bad guys are coming from, and it's really hard to tell the story of Poland without getting looped into, you know, a side story of the Russian Empire, a side story of, like, Prussia and the German Empire, a side story of the Austrian Empire, and trying to actually, like, figure out the narrative of Poland in that and not letting it get lost between, like, all the other people who are. Historically, always trying to just gobble up little Poland uh, was was tricky. So, so like, finding my footing and then being like, okay, I, I walk into a, a cold room in the dark and I have a flashlight and I point it in one direction and there's Russia. And I point it in the other direction and there's Germany. And I'm like, shit, and I look around <laughs> trying to see what's actually in front of me.
1: Like a Silent Hill level. <laughs> Pretty much,
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like PT, but it's like every time a different European empire is coming to colonize oh you. Yeah. Oh, no. it, Yeah, but it was neat. I mean, what I really liked about the history is like obviously, you know, Polish history is like oh, haha! Ha. It's like everyone, everyone sits on Poland, everyone gobbles up Poland. But there's so much like actually cool stuff like in there when you get to see it, like the 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 cultural history, the the history of, of the religion, the history of the government, like one of the coolest systems of government in Europe, uh, like a what was it a a by federal monarchy, the fuck is that? It's so cool. It's it's like two states and a constitutional. Mon- it's it's neat. It's cool. Yeah. Even though it's hard, it's cool and it was worth it. But oh boy, uh, I I almost picked Britain for this one because Britain was just frustrating. But like I knew it. Like I knew what I was doing. I've I've talked about it, you know, a million times before. So it's like okay, I just have to like put it all in one thing. But like Poland, I was coming in blind to Britain. Was fine. It was just frustrating because everybody has opinions already, and no matter what you do, you're going to be wrong according to their preconceived opinions on Britain. <laughs> so, yeah. But Poland was fun. It was. Yeah. It was hard, but it was fun.
1: To be fair, I'm pretty sure the same thing applies to Poland. It's just there were fewer of them in our comment section.
2: <laughs> Much fewer of them are in our comment section. Because, yeah. like, since Britain went everywhere, everybody has opinions. Poland didn't like go everywhere colony empire wise so it's not the same diaspora no diaspora but like there's not the same inherent grudge that comes along with like the concept of britain
1: (laughs) yeah there uh, i have mentioned this a couple times um branch of my dad's family uh escaped from poland at one point in the late 1800s uh when it was starting to get increasingly bad to be jewish in europe yeah um And uh, I was like, it's funny, I don't know anything about Polish history, you know, like, none of them ever talk about it, the gist is like, yeah, why do you think we left? And I watched the video, and I was like, "Oh yeah, that yeah, tracks." Yeah.
2: It was yeah. actually it was somewhat tragic when when we were talking about this when I was researching it. You're like, "Oh yeah, you know my 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 dad's family left Poland in 1890 something." I'm like, "Oh, I know why." <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, every generation there's a reason to get out of Poland if you're Jewish.
2: Yeah, it's like, oh yeah, I didn't put it in the video. It was, it was too small of a side story. But like, yeah, I know what happened that time. Yep, yeah, yep. So mm-hmm. yeah, um, fun stuff. Yeah.
0: Super fun stuff. Well, speaking of fun stuff, uh, the next category is our favorite stream series from this year because we did a bunch of them and they were a lot of fun. And we have opinions on which ones we think you should go back and watch the vod for. Uh, so if I could get another round of drum rolls on the docket, I'm gonna make you keep- do it one more time, Blue. So you better get prepped. We oh, still going. He's still going. How long will he go for? That long. <laughs> Our favorite streams was the Assassin's Creed Two with Blue series and Dog Percent in Breath of the Wild.
2: Dog Percent. Dog Percent, my beloved. Uh, We we raised so much money for charity on those Dog Percent streams. We got like a solid like thirty five thousand dollars like through that for for what was it? Trevor Project, um, Um, Philly Mural Mural Arts, Arts. and um, Wide Angle Youth Media. That was great. Yeah, that was great.
1: Yeah, Dog Percent was an absolute party. I mean, just. We gotta try more of those speed runs because we're so bad at them. But like, you know, yes. that's a lot of the charm. It, it just becomes. A... <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think the key is that on the Breath of the Wild streams, everyone who is either backseat driving or playing is equally um, unconstructive, and so, and so it's just a train wreck from start to finish in the most entertaining way. Yeah. yeah.
1: I mean, it's you know. It's a uh, chaotic road trip energy, yes. which yeah. is just exactly Mwah. so good. It's great, and yeah. like the
2: little bits, like traffic on the four with Indigo, like it, it, in. it was a very, it was a very fun set of streams. We got we got yes. Yellow on that was really fun. Yeah,
0: uh,
2: it was it was it was what's the word I'm looking for? The best gang assembly stream <laughs> of because it was one of the only gang assembly streams yeah. we did this mm. year oops uh, but was it happening. was it was great it was definitely our, our shining moment of uh mm. gangs all here uh let's let's take a road trip and party uh, and we where, actually
1: did get to hang out with the dogs on like the dragon percent stream where it was like
0: <laughs> oh. get them in passing we got
1: them eventually yeah, yeah. we got
2: like pretty three high frames of dragon the in the entire stream, stream.
0: yeah yeah Yeah. i think it's interesting that the two that are our favorites are our biggest arguably the biggest production of the year and then a much more smaller pair downstream which is blue year assassin's creed two uh run-throughs which are equally fun but sort of in like a different direction you're getting a lot more
2: very different it's a very different energy (laughs) the reason i i like this one so much is that i i like the idea of what it is and obviously i like what it is just in general because like oh yeah like i i wanted to go to italy this year i didn't i'm gonna Play the game instead. Cool. Uh, Because we were trying to, you know, organize the streams and the the, the dog percent stuff is super fun, but like, we've got to organize everybody's schedules. We got to like, get this thing going. We have to plan these things out a surprisingly far distance in advance to actually make it work with with the the three, four, five of us, depending on on who we've got. Um, Mm -hmm. So the, the exact polar opposite of that is me being able to say, you know what? It's a Monday. I don't really feel like doing research today. I'm just gonna do a stream for two hours and it's great <laughs> it's yeah. it's back to the the very very beginnings of what uh you know streaming on osp was like when i was playing assassin's creed odyssey um yeah. when that came out just wow uh like three years ago four <laughs> um but uh yeah, f- yeah four geez um but it's just it's so cool because it's so you know Compact. It's it's easy. It's chill, uh, which is tough to do with a group because the energy of the group naturally just makes it uh, more more exciting. But that it's also I'm wiped afterwards. So I, I really like these ones because they're just so simple and so like the pure essence of just doing a live stream. You know, one person, a game, the occasional guest, and the chat. That's just, mm-hmm. it's it's nice to have that. And having those options is really cool. So we have, you know, the big road trip, whole gang adventures. We've got OSP after dark and we've got, you know, blues, whatever the hell he's doing, whether it's Assassin's Creed or something else in the future. Mm-hmm. I I like that we've kind of like figured out like the, the, the triforce of, of streaming. <laughs> uh, there's whole group energy, chaotic nighttime, and then chill, like, wholesome library blue with with this Assassin's Creed game.
0: (laughs) The After Dark truly just unleashes, like, Red and Indigo unsupervised. Yeah. (laughs) I think what people misunderstand from the podcast is they get the impression that somehow I am the one keeping us on the rails, and that is completely incorrect. Blue is the supervising influence (laughs) of this trio. Um, Well, it's really situational. It's really yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Because,
2: like, Indigo keeps us on time but blue <laughs> keeps us in check and it was really On funny task. seeing the comments like oh no oh no <laughs> blue is this blue is the, <laughs> the 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 glue that holds them together blue the is the, the, the tangent yes. guardrails that uh yes yeah exactly <sighs> yeah. But was all along
0: I love our slate of stream series and I'm very I'm very excited to see which ones we pull together in the the coming year yeah yeah, well, we got one last category before we move on to some Q&A fun, some Q&A goodness. And this category is Red and Blue's favorite videos of each other's. So this is Red's favorite blue video and Blue's favorite red video uh, from the last year. So if I could get one final uh, ceremonial drum roll from both of you. Wow, short and sweet to really wrap up the year. Uh <laughs> Red's favorite blue video was Sappho, and Blue's favorite red video was Miscellaneous Myths Athens. Getting a lot of Greek rep in this one.
2: Yeah, we uh, we we had some some banger Greece videos this year, uh, including uh, Minoans. Uh, just uh, uh, just uh, like a week and a half ago, two weeks ago. So I uh, mm. starting from the start on that one, but that is getting ahead of ourselves. Uh, yeah, yeah. I I really liked the Athens one because I was able to to unlock like. Secret hidden knowledge from uh, <laughs> from my my classical studies that I I hadn't ended up using for for any of the videos because it was so niche and not related to the things I was talking about in in any yeah. of my old Greek videos. So when when Red you were like I'm I'm gonna do the myth of Athena and Poseidon and, and the naming of Athens I'm like. Oh, okay, cool. And then you were like researching it and you're asking me questions like, what's this thing about the rivers? And I'm like, oh, Athens was the <laughs> only city in Europe that was built on three rivers. All uh-huh. three of them are dry or paved over now. So you mm-hmm. wouldn't know by looking at it. But. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and that's the kind of important context that the people writing down the myths didn't think to include yeah. exactly. And that I wouldn't have been able to piece together from like looking stuff up. It's like. Well, I don't see any bodies of water. Maybe that was a maybe that was just weird or maybe I could have like conspiracy boarded it back to the archetypical flood yeah. myth and no, yeah. there were rivers. What are you doing? Yeah.
2: Yeah. So it's it's cool not cuz a lot of people know the 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 specifics of the contest of like, oh, it's, you know, the olive tree and the saltwater spring. Olive trees more useful. Great. Off we go. Yeah. Um but a lot of the backstory with like um Erechtheus and all those other guys and the like the 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 weird like autochthonic insert later on and and all yeah. that stuff when you were like, oh yeah, so there's this thing about how the king was like an autocathon I'm like, wait, the entire city was an autocathon <laughs> shit. Um, I was
1: looking up the, the specific dialogue about that and I was like, wow, what an interesting concept that everyone from this city was autochthonous I wonder what what the deal with that was and I started reading through it and I was like, oh, it's just ethno-nationalism, okay <laughs> Athens <laughs> Silly was way me. ahead of the curve on
2: that one. <laughs> yeah,
1: wowzers. it's like, unlike those barbarians I was like, okay, here we go <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so no, it was uh, it was a lot of fun. Uh it was definitely like short but dense. It was yeah. one of those like it's very simple yeah. and there's only a few bits of context, but man there's a lot of information in that context. Um Yeah, no, it was really fun. And on your end, the history makers video about Sappho, Sappho. is just oh, so fun <laughs> so because good. Almost on the flip side, because the Athens one, there was a lot of documentation about that one, because Athenians loved nothing more than writing about how cool they were. Yeah. Sappho, it's like, we've got two and a half poems and a lot of yelling. <laughs> Fragment? Question yeah. mark? Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. I a rewatched lot of it confused yesterday. men it's just... from the Renaissance onward.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I, I rewatched the video yesterday, and I, I liked a lot about how you focused specifically on how she was just a really good poet. Like it wasn't even yeah. about specifically what she, what was she writing about. Oh, uh, this party she went to. Th- this this lady she saw. Okay, cool, cool, cool. But like, why did people remember her for like two and a half thousand years? Oh, because she's really good at what she does. Yeah. <laughs> um.
2: yeah, to be able to express the feeling of seeing someone from across the room, hearing them laugh. And then having like a mini heart attack and actually passing out and being able to express that in meter is just, we got to step like the rest of literature has (laughs) to step up its game because there's no topping that.
1: (laughs) I actually saw a point about that. Someone in the comments uh, was like, wait a minute. So it was lyric poetry recited with musical accompaniment in sort of like a local dialect instead of the traditionally accepted Sappho a rapper. And I was like,
2: (laughs) that's. I mean I I made the comparison <laughs> yeah. to like modern musicians where it's like I'm I'm not going to sing about ancient epics I'm going to sing about whatever I was doing last week mm-hmm. uh and it's mm-hmm. it's it's surprisingly fitting to you know the way that that modern music works of like single artist accompaniments boom off you go writing their own yep. songs and stuff so yeah it's it's a weird setup and then the whole history of like you know, what, what literary tradition did she come out of, like halfway between like the, the epic uh, and then, you know, peak of lyric and then over uh, right before like the explosion of literature with, with Athens and then following like, okay, where was she translated? Where was her stuff kept? when did they start to slip and then when did we lose it for good it's really interesting seeing that that follow because even though you know classical greeks and and like early imperial romans are like oh my god this is great as soon as the the romans in the west stopped being like bilingual in, in latin and greek they like they're there was nothing. It's like, oh, why would you read Sappho in Latin? Read it, read it in Greek. Read it in the Aeolic dialect, and then right. in like the the like 500s A.D. The Byzantines are like, oh, shit, we can't read this. I don't speak this dialect. No, <laughs> it's like like Shakespeare, Shakespearean cubed uh, with with the difficulty in understanding the the, the dialects. Um, oh, it's more
1: like like Chaucer at that point, right? Yeah, basically, um...
2: yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, or like and trying like, to read Beowulf and the Old Beowulf. English.
1: <laughs> yeah, most yeah. people only read The Canterbury Tales and Beowulf in translation for a reason.
2: Yeah, so it's yeah. It, it's interesting, just because you know we 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 hear all the stuff of like, oh, this this lost ancient knowledge, darn, and it's like you know people think, oh, a fire in the Library of Alexandria. Well. Kind of, no. Like, there were other libraries, so it was yep. it, it was a, a very broad effort to, to undo uh, this collection of knowledge. It, it, it took time, and it wasn't, you know, uh, barbarians coming over the hills. It was people getting lazy, slacking off on their translations, and forgetting their, their other languages.
1: <laughs> and that's actually such an interesting thing, though. Like, the fact that just linguistic drift essentially... <laughs> It's like there was no backwards compatibility. So, you know, her her work was still good, but it was stuck in this, like, time capsule where just nobody could get to it for a while. And in that time, after people stopped going out of their way to preserve it, of course, so much of it was just lost because that's how it works. And now people are starting to be like, where's the rest of it? Sappho!
2: We're hoping we'll find, like, some garbage dump where someone wrapped up, like, an old ham sandwich in, like, one of (laughs) Sappho's poems. Which is... Actually, how we get a lot of ancient literature is, like, mummies that were, like, paper macheed with with old books.
1: (laughs) I know some of her poetry was used to, like, stop up a wine jug, and the wine, like, ate through a lot of the paper except for a few of the lines. It's blackout poetry, but...
2: I'd I'd imagine that's, like, something the ancient Greeks thought, like, okay, if I stuff a Sappho poem into this wine, the wine's gonna really,
0: uh... (laughs) (laughs) Have a little extra kick to Uh, it.
1: Yeah, that'll make it taste extra gay. But, <laughs> extra oh, fruity, God. one yeah. could yeah. And I, I like how you were like, look, we can't know for sure if she was only attracted to women, but like, that doesn't stop her from being a certified gay icon. Like, come on. Yeah, guys. which is
2: why I, I, I used gay in, in, in the abstract, I guess, where it's like, mm-hmm. you, can, you can call her any number of things. She wouldn't have used any of those words for herself because it's like, yeah. what do you mean gay? I'm Greek, that's all the information <laughs> you need.
1: <laughs> yeah. She you know, you can put her under the queer umbrella without having to yeah. like specify. It's like, look, if we don't even know where and when she was born, do you really think we're gonna be able to narrow down who exactly she thought was sexy? Like, yeah, come on, like, guys. We 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 yeah. can't
2: put labels on Sappho. We can read into it and and you know, for ourselves think like, oh, I would describe her as this, I'd describe her as this, but we can't like give her any categorical label aside from like she's definitely at least gay. Yeah. Anything else is like, okay, we can figure that out, but we can't like, because mm, we saw mm-hmm. people in the 1800s try to do that, and it didn't work, where you get idiots no. like, I think that Sappho was actually chaste. <laughs> it's like, sure, buddy. <laughs> Guys,
1: as a chaste person, Sappho ain't chaste. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You don't see me writing poetry about how a lady laughed and I passed out. <laughs> yeah,
2: so So I had a lot of fun with that one. That's, uh... uh that was a contender for, for my, my favorite video of the year. So I'm glad you picked it instead. So I got, to, I got to get greedy and talk about neoclassical architecture as well.
1: Teamwork, baby.
2: Yeah.
0: It makes the dream work and it makes OSP work. But uh, those, are, those are our categories that we're running through in this episode. We're coming up on time for this section. Um, but just before we go, you know, any closing thoughts on the year as a whole for uh, OSP specifically? And uh, what, what's some stuff people could look at to kind of interact with the channel more if they wanted to?
2: I think it's safe to say we had some we had some bangers this year. We're like three deep dives. Y'all got lucky this year. This was <laughs> yeah. this is really something. Uh, yeah. We 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 tried out a lot of new stuff, and almost all of it worked, which is crazy. Like new things we did this year: um, the city minutes, the um, AC2 with blue, uh, detailed diatribes, architecture, uh, the, the antique antics, OSP after dark all bangers all absolute bangers um yep, in their own ways uh, that will appeal to different people which is really cool so if you missed any of those i i would encourage you to check out at least one or two of them that that you might have missed because there's some really good stuff um, yeah
1: detailed diatribes especially mm. absolute oh, lifesaver I,
2: it's like yeah. oh
1: all i need to do is edit in like a powerpoint
2: sure yeah. and, <laughs> you can have it and the you must be the belmont was such a fun video i didn't count it because it it, it was the most viewed video that i assembled but it wasn't a history video so i didn't i didn't count it but yeah. you must be the belmont popped off
1: <laughs> it was great it inadvertently inspired a a a brief meme on twitter Oof. where yeah. people were editing different songs over trevor punching dracula in the face as
0: <laughs> they should uh, as they should but, but we yeah. also had some great uh, merch this year too that came out yeah yeah we really did we had a fun uh, run of we... pins
2: yeah, we had a lot yeah. of pins this year, some great ones. So um, uh, y'all really liked the pins when they went on sale <laughs> uh, this Black Friday, which is great. So thank you <laughs> for that. Buddy. Uh, yeah. it's, it's because of, of pins that we uh, are able to do a lot of fun, new, cool things and take risks, like going on on a limb and doing the Sung Wukong vinyl toy, um, oh God, which is beloved. on sale forever. And you can go get it right now, no matter when you're listening to this. Uh, currently
1: it's on pre-order uh it says so on the site but i just want everyone to like no it's uh it's pre-ordered because of course it takes time to make the molds and manufacture them uh but they're aiming to ship them at the end of uh like june or july you know second quarter uh, as it were so of 2022 that's right yeah so but man, I'm so happy those exist now. Yeah, so, so we can well,
2: take risks on things like that, which is really cool. We have a lot of other really neat ideas that we can't share right now, but oh boy, there's a lot of fun yep. stuff going on. So, so, so the pins cool were ones. great. Um, and I know I said this last year, but like because of, of like the pins and, and the Patreon, like we've we don't need to do like any sponsorships at all except for like the two that we really like campfire and world landfill because they're great we love working with them they're they're wonderful products that are very useful if that's what you're into but like
0: those two products
2: we don't we don't need to take sponsors for random nonsense anymore which is great because that makes for a much more enjoyable experience for all of you i'm sorry red what's that what's that oh nothing i just
1: you know there's just other things that we could potentially (laughs) get sponsored by someday
0: you know it's all good i'm sponsored
2: um, by by big new year i'm in the pocket <laughs> of 2022
0: yeah <laughs> happy new year yeah. all uh, what a fun ride it's been coming to the end of yeah. this section of the podcast and this the previous year that happened uh so i guess we'll move on to the q a we're not sponsored by lucky brand jeans but if you wanted to dm us i'm sure we could work they are something extremely
1: out extremely comfortable yeah <laughs>
0: We'll catch you yeah. guys in the Q and A, and there
1: will be more pins in 2022. There will and, uh, b- many more, possibly pins. re-releases. <laughs> so many
2: more pins. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Have you guys seen the little miss right here? She's <sighs> been here this Hold whole the... time.
0: Well, I was gonna welcome oh. us back to the Q and A portion of the podcast, but I think it's time oh, for okay. another Cleo cameo.
1: Poem,
0: oh man, my Cleo. goodness!
1: And go, you know, what Cleo. we're gonna need, oh, we're hi. gonna need a Cleo cam for whenever she's on screen. Her <laughs> own little box. Separate. Okay.
0: Okay.
2: Noted. Oh my Noted. Gosh, I, we'll fix oh, it in you, post. You other away. I so did not notice the little miss was here. She's, she's sneaking, fixing she's out. Jealous. She's stealthy. Oh my god. HR's gotta keep an eye she on this. She can tell you're talking about her. This
0: is the most FaceTime that any of us really have with each other most weeks. We require direct <laughs> HR supervision. Uh, but in case you're wondering what we're still on oh, screen for, it's the Q&A <laughs> portion of the podcast, where we answer your questions from Ask OS Pod on Discord. Mm. This... Uh, First question is going to come from one of our lovely patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, support the channel, consider becoming a patron for a chance for your question to be featured first in a future episode. This question comes from Myth. What is the most surprising thing that has turned out to help you in your adult lives? Whether that's advice. Pins. pins?
1: Yeah, yeah. enamel pins. Cat. (laughs) And the cat. Cat enamel (laughs) pins.
0: All right. So not like, not like any life-changing advice or anything, more of just like a a small object that actually worked out pretty well. (laughs) I mean, you
1: know, in terms of life-changing advice, uh,
0: it's it's
1: more like, wow, I'm amazed things worked out as well as they did, considering I didn't follow literally any of the rules. So it's like, it's more like I've been taking, you know, lessons from my life rather than Mm. letting lessons guide me, since I don't take um, direction very well. (laughs) So... Uh, but yeah, no pins are not something I expected to play a major role in my adult life when I was little, and yet here we are. Yeah,
2: surprisingly, it's amazing. If you want to support the channel, go get some pins. Um, <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, they're not on sale right now. I don't know why we're doing this. No, sorry. Um, but I <laughs> just remember for for me, I mean, I, I was just looking at Cleo, so obviously that that was my my immediate answer. But I I cannot overstate like how much of a like psychological lifeline Cleo has been for for Cyan and I these past two years because. Being in being in lockdown is is obviously no fun, uh, and just being able to have like another presence that just randomly does cute stuff really <laughs> serves to, to to break up otherwise very bad stretches of of time and and yes. uncertainty and uh, and worry. <laughs> so so just like having a little Miss just 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 giving her tail a mlem is just adorable. It's just an instant Aww. shot of dopamine. And then she's yep, been able to make so many other people so happy by just being cute and nice. And we did a fundraiser on the, the Clio cameo video for April Fool's that raised, like, $1,500 for, like, other cat shelters, like, oh locally God. to me and around the country because we donated all the ad revenue. So, like... Oh, Jesus. Cleo. Cleo. So the, uh, this, yeah. this adorable cats. little cat, who has no no manners, uh, <laughs> was able to, to help out, like, so many people. Us, other people online, other cats. Like, oh my gosh. Cleo's a champion. Can, can, can a we champ. get to, to one million likes for Cleo? Can, can <laughs> smash smash that like button. Like it's, Everyone
1: it's in tuna. the world subscribes. <laughs>
0: Uh, yeah, you guys both have uh, better answers. I was gonna say the um, paint can openers you can get from uh, Lowe's and Home Depot because they also function as bottle openers and they can open anything really. They're quite useful. But also, I think the cat is probably the best of the <laughs> best advice out of the three. Definitely, yeah. Uh, well, this next it's question still not proper.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> this next question comes from Ainsley to Blue, and only if you're comfortable talking about it. How did you figure out you were Ace? As you did come out as Ace this year, joining the crew on the channel.
2: If you remember the podcast episode where we had Daniel Green on the show, <laughs> oh. and we were talking mm. about sex and literature, and we got to the conversation about what uh, a sex scene between Steve Rogers and Natasha Romanoff would be like, that did it. That's what I knew. <laughs> I'm like, no. I want it. This is not for me. <laughs>
1: I want to add one thing because having rewatched the Sappho video yesterday to fresh my memory for this, uh, there's a bit in there where you were talking about like, you know, not like all those romantic songs where it's like, "Boy, you're attractive, and I sure do have opinions on it." And I was like, "Oh, whole ass mood right there." And then a few <laughs> oh, months later, you were like, "Wait, shit!" So. <laughs> and also, it, it
2: was partially during the, um, the the Valentine's Day video when I was working on Louis XVI. And everyone's mm-hmm. like, now we need to ascertain the exact amount of fuckage happening in this royal palace <laughs> at Versailles. Like, I want to know which floorboards needed replacing. And it's like, you gotta grow up. Oh my god. <laughs> so it started like, with that, be, where it's like it's me like, like trying to be professional. Like, wow, y'all are being really immature about this. Like, it really doesn't have any implications on, like, the the actual, like, politics of, of the, the Kingdom of France dealing with, like, massive debts from the Seven Years' War. Like y'all are just being childish here and i'm like oh wait no this is this is actually something else this
1: wait are you guys actually being adult about this Uh (laughs) Uh (laughs) uh-oh
2: yeah Um,
0: Mm, tragedy has struck
2: um but uh yeah uh, yeah no so it it was a process and um i i i I, like I, i realized that there was something there like pretty much like at the end of pride month where i'm like oh wait I actually, huh, because, you know, there's a lot of, like, you know, information that gets put out during Pride Month, a lot of resources that are put out into the world or resurfaced from previous years. And I was reading stuff. I'm like, oh, oh, I I guess I I can, like, be asexual and still, like, have aesthetic attraction and find humans, like, incredibly pretty, but not want to do anything about that oh okay cool and then it was like and it's july fuck uh, so i'm like i'll, I'll wait I'll, I'll find a time so i waited I, I figured out my terminology i was like okay let me let me think about this and then ace week came along um and then i i made the announcement and uh and cyan and i got married during ace week what a flex Ooh, um aw. also uh october 21 marriage gang uh with uh with max miller uh, and jose all the best to them that was yeah. fun to see them at the Woo! beginning of the month and then cyan and i were, were rounding out the uh, uh the october so so yeah it was uh yep. it was a process because i i guess i'd like i'd always you know i've talked about this on other podcasts but i've always like felt oh wow people are pretty but like the idea of like sexual attraction is like no that It's not a thing. People in music are are just joking and exaggerating for effect. Right? Right? Uh, (laughs) And And it doesn't "Mm -hmm." help that
1: when you bring that up, a lot of people are like, well, yeah, you know, I play it up, I exaggerate, I am joking some of the time, and I'm like, some of the time? How much is some? (laughs) Is it not all of the time? Because what the fuck? Yeah, It's it's difficult. It's like everyone's speaking the same language but at the same time meaning different things. It's like, wow, that person's so pretty. That can mean a million different things Mm -hmm. depending on who you are and that can make it sound like you're all talking about the same thing, even though you're meaning completely different things. And of course, it's it's difficult to define yourself by something that you lack, because how are you supposed to figure out that you never experienced something if you never experienced yeah. it, you know? You have to take other people's word for it, and if you assume they're joking because it would be nuts otherwise, it's like... You know, yeah, and, and, and having yeah. The, the
2: combination of, like, asexuality and aesthetic attraction makes for a fascinating cocktail because you end up being so straight-passing that you fool yourself for 25 years.
1: Admittedly, you were pretty early on the everyone-knows-Henry-Cavill's-a-fucking-sexy-man-beast train, I, so... I was
2: there first with the Alcibiades video. I was on yep. it. Y'all were mm-hmm. late. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: Everyone who had to see him all like dirty and grubby from The Witcher before they thought he was handsome, grow up, guys! Come I on, the jaw not. structure's
0: the same. <laughs> will not grow up. Thank you very That's much. That's okay.
1: You, I mean, you have a tough job carrying all the horny for all of us.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's my cross to bear for this channel. <laughs> oh. oh, guys, we can't get this
2: Yeah,
0: into the so same that it, it, right it was a process,
2: but I uh, nothing has fundamentally changed about me. I just understand myself <laughs> a lot Stop. better. Uh, That's the yeah. mood, which is great. baby. Yeah. Awesome! So one of these
1: days we'll get you a ring that fits. Yeah,
2: yeah. red red very very generously gave Cyan and I uh, ace rings uh, for our wedding. Mine uh, didn't fit because my my hands are, are the wrong.
1: <laughs> we'll get there. Because we'll with fencing, there.
2: what happens is you you get bell guarded a lot yeah like you hit your hand you basically like punch other people like really aggressive fist bumps but you're holding swords so your your hands swell a little bit so it's like there's not a tremendous difference between the two of them but it's enough that it's like half a ring size or a ring size off so then it's like uh, yeah. yeah
1: I was trying to be surreptitious about it, but like, you know, Cyan was like, you know, if you told me, I could have told you it would have been like a full size bigger on the, uh, on the dominant hand. And I was like, I know I was trying to be sneaky. Okay. So. But, but Red
2: gave us a uh, beautiful um, dragon ace rings that glow Ooh. blue and Cyan uh, for our wedding gifts. They're yeah, absolutely I mean, incredible.
0: I wish they were wearable. <laughs> uh, my suffering you, is Lyra. eternal. Uh, the, the fencing hand size differential is a real struggle. Uh, it's real. It gets you when you least expect mm-hmm. it. Um, yeah. Yeah, baby. This next question comes from Crimson Plays. To all, on the last podcast, you guys talked about curses. So in contrast, do you guys have any blessings? For example, I tend to spontaneously have the right survival skill in whatever situation I find myself in while camping or hiking in the mountains. So what's like a a boon the gods have given you that just kind of goes right for you in your life? In contrast to the curses that we described uh earlier. Hmm.
2: Were the curses from the last podcast? Because I do not, not remember that at all. So that
0: is written into the <laughs> Not question, the last at the time I, this the goes, the time goes up, but yeah. This goes yeah. up, though, not have been the previous podcast episode, but it was a former episode. Um, the podcast formerly known as OS Pod.
2: Gotcha. I don't know, Red, you got anything? I'm a little stuck. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I th- like this
1: is only fresh in my mind because it happened fairly recently, but I have pretty good luck at not seriously injuring mm-hmm. myself in circumstances where I very easily could yeah, have. That's good. Because I recently. Went out stargazing late oh, no. at night, where there happened to be some very slick ice on rocks. And when I fell, I managed to perfectly roll over my shoulder such that neither I nor the telescope in my backpack were at all hurt. me about this. And like, <laughs> yeah, and I'm still kind of like, how the fuck did that happen? <laughs> so, and it's, you know, like the the only time I've ever seriously injured myself was when I fully fell down like half a ski slope and broke my clavicle uh. and like... All things considered, given the amount of dumb stuff I've done, it's shocking that's the only bone I've ever broken, <laughs> so. I'm gonna go with something's keeping me alive for <laughs> some reason. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I have pretty good luck baking, too. Oh, it doesn't tend to go wrong. We have a baking curse. You made some too, wonderful yeah. ace
2: cookies the other day. Ooh, Those looked yes. great.
1: Yeah, Ooh, we, we just happened to have some ace sprinkles lying around.
0: Um... I have pretty good aim, and I didn't really train to have decent aim, but not for, like, any sort of shooting weapon. Like, if you give me a bow and arrow, it's all downhill from there. But if you ask me to throw a quarter <laughs> into someone's pocket, I absolutely am going to get that quarter in that pocket. So, sort of a blessing and a curse all at I the same time. I have a funny time. story about yes, that. Yes, really?
1: Do tell! It's not Well, it's not in someone's pocket, but uh, I remember there was a guy I knew in high school who would, like, throw coins down girls' shirts, because... <laughs> no. uh, it wasn't the nicest thing to do, I guess. Cool. But I remember at one point, I was like, let's turn this about a little bit. <laughs> and of course, he did not have the cleavage that his, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the people he was targeting yes. did. But I still managed to slip it under his little neckline and down his shirt. Nice. And he was like, oh, God, what the fuck? So, nice. Yes.
2: Very, very yeah. nice. I think I know who we're talking about. <laughs>
1: <laughs> let's not get more specific. Yep.
2: Uh, <laughs> um, I-, I have an answer, God. which is... Uh, um, Extremely useful spatial awareness, specifically navigating uh, an area. I've, I've, I've mentioned this on a previous pod, but my my dead reckoning skills are way better than they should be. Given I've never like trained or practiced for this, but like if you plot me in a space, I am weirdly good at finding my way around, or when relevant, finding the way out. So like <laughs> if I walk through an area once, like I've got it. Like mental map making is just
1: poof, yeah.
2: So. Um, I I, I told the story of the time uh, on stream, I told the story of the time that I um, used an actual uh, tower in Florence to, like, viewpoint my way to find out how to get to another landmark halfway across the city. I was like, where is it? Oh, it's that one. Okay, so it's, it's like, three blocks that way, four blocks that way, and around that circly building. Okay, cool, and then I made it there. (laughs) So, like, that kind of thing. Uh, And then actually being able to find out, like, physical spacing. One time my dad and I were in uh, Quebec City like years and years and years ago. This is before like reliable like international like Wi-Fi or anything like that So we didn't have like cell service or anything And we had to find our way back to this one cab stand to get a cab to go back to our hotel And we were in the middle of the old town like walking around like the front end like the planes of Abraham and junk And my dad was like I have no idea where the hell we're going <laughs> and me like no older than like 15 was like, oh, okay, so I remember that the cab stand was right by the old city walls, so if we walk north, away from the frontenac, we'll eventually get the walls, and then if we go east along it, we'll eventually run into the cab stand, and then, lo and behold, we did, and my dad's like... <laughs> Witch child. So, yeah. uh, so spatial <clears throat> spatial awareness and dead reckoning would be my boon. You will never get lost.
0: <laughs> I really That's very impressive. That, Blue, because I get lost on one-way streets and have lived on gridded <laughs> cities my entire life, and it's yeah. still a problem.
2: It's It's really fun for travel, because you can just, like, walk out of your hotel, wander around somewhere, get vaguely lost, and then, like, find a thing in the distance to orient yourself with, find your way back, and just have a lovely little adventure. It's so much fun. Best way to enjoy a city.
1: I get lost. I'm so bad at that. If we get get off of a street I've been on before, then I'm just gonna be completely directionless. I'm, like, good at small-scale spatial awareness. Like, if I'm in a space with people and things, I will... Usually be able to navigate just by like you know with my eyes shut just by sound and like mm-hmm. the feeling of like there's a chair here isn't there oh shit there is but no anything bigger than that who the fuck knows yeah I have my one other boon I just remember because oh. of Cleo which is that uh I I am pretty good at getting people's pets to like me like a lot <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that
0: is an important like, I,
1: I just get on okay yeah. with animals and it's just all oh, yeah very
0: good. A lot of lot of good blessings that we've been uh, bestowed upon us by the gods this this morn. What to have you? I don't. I'm in a weird mood. It's a Tuesday, and we're recording this. I whatever. Uh, <laughs> pull back the the green curtain and reveal the wizard behind it. Um, this next question comes from Potato Chips for Red. How did you develop your art style over time? It's super streamlined and very pleasing to look at. So how did you develop the art style that is you know, so iconic from the channel and from Aurora? Thanks. Um, it, it,
1: well, it didn't start out streamlined and iconic. (laughs) I'll tell you that much. Um, I, I I do remember when I was little, I was, I tried to just give myself an art style, you know, every artist I knew had a style, so it had to be a thing. And I was like, I'll just start doing it like this. And my mom was like, that's not really how it works. Um, (laughs) so, and you know, I had a lot of access to, newspaper comics and stuff like that, and of course a lot of newspaper comics do, you know, kind of Calvin and Hobbes style, everyone's like a noodle person with little beady eyes, and I was like, I could do that, that's not complicated, but it didn't like you know, it was okay and then, uh, I found the old collection of Shonen Jump that (laughs) we had in my old house and it's like oh, wow, this is completely different. (laughs) And uh, if you've ever tried to draw something in a style that you're wildly unfamiliar with, you're going to know the true depths of pain (laughs) because it never goes the way you want it to. Uh, And essentially, like, and it's important for context that the only art training I'd had at the time was life drawing. Uh, My mom had basically sat me down with, like, a bunch of skeletons in, like, the field museum and was like, now draw that! And I was like, okay. I just get really bored drawing all the vertebrae, but it was, you know, it develops the sort of spatial awareness and and a sense of dimension and anatomy and basic how to handle a pencil and shade with its skills and stuff. And then I was trying to go from that to newspaper comics to anime, and it was just not working. Um, but it did give me a lot of ingredients for a later style I might actually be happy with. Um... I ended up sort of chucking out the window the idea of, like, I'm gonna do this cartoon style, I'm gonna do this anime style. So I was like, no, 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 we're not gonna do that, we're just gonna draw, we're gonna to try to draw from life, you know? We're just gonna go back to that and see what we can do. And then it was a matter of taking the life drawing and stylizing it. Um, and when I was in the process of doing that, I found those Hi-I'm-Daisy Metal Gear comics, and they completely wrecked me again, because suddenly I was like, whoa, little stylized chibis, ingenious! And suddenly I was trying to do that, too. Um, It was just a mess, you know, it it was just a whole bunch of different things. Uh, and of course the first time I ever did the chibi style was when we were doing the Iliad Mm. video, and I was like, I'm not good at this, I know I'm not good at this, but there's no movie I can use because Troy is a tire fire, so I'm gonna have to draw it anyway. And just the act of drawing like 200 frames for that one video kind of helped streamline it just a bit already, like make it easier for me to figure out what parts of the style I liked Mm. and what parts I didn't, so one of the main weaknesses of the chibi style is that with the body so small, you can't really do much posing-wise. It's like if the arms and legs are just little stumps, you can't really get a lot of complexity in the shape. Um, So as, the, as that sort of streamlined, I was like, okay, the ability to pose and move a character is very important to me. So, like, the head is still big, but the body is a lot more complicated now because it, it was what I needed it to be. And honestly, in, in terms of style development, it's really just I've done so many drawings. Just for the videos, it's like... The shortest videos are still like 20 individual drawings uh, and the longer ones can get into the high several like few hundred usually. Um, And once you do anything that many times, you will get better at it. So just the basic like I'm going to draw the line I want to draw like you get better at that the more you do it. You know, I always have my hand over the undo button, but I have to use it a lot less these days. I think um, it's
2: it's also yeah. telling that as the uh, as the videos have gone on, you see the the heads get smaller and smaller and smaller <laughs> as they get, like, more yeah. to, to regular proportions. Because oh, yeah. in the Iliad video, it's, like, you know, extreme chibi style. Like, the heads are almost bigger than the torsos. But even within, like, a year or two, um, it, it gets to the point where you, you had the bodies at a size where you, you can actually, like, pose them dynamically.
1: Mm-hmm. The problem is if the head is too big, the the hands and arms can't reach over the head, which means I can't do the pose I love where the person's carrying a person over their head. Like, I need that pose so much that yeah. I had to make the head yeah. smaller. And, and then, of course, you know, I was like, I'm ready. I'm going to start the comic. And I can't look at the early chapters of the comic. They hurt my soul. But, you know, all the basic skills are there. It's just a matter of polish uh, and just sort of becoming comfortable with the individual, you know, the style and how I'm drawing the individual characters. And after that, it's really just like, you know, There are, like, several hundred art tutorials I've seen and then just, like, incorporated the pieces of it that worked. Mm. Um, So, you know, I I use cell shading whenever I do full color, which is not, like, gradient shading. It's, like, the way they do it in cartoons. Like, you draw a hard edge for the shadow and you fill it in. I find that much preferable to me than gradient shading, so I use that one a lot more. And I picked that one up from a tutorial, which was the first time I learned about layer combined modes in digital art because I've never read the instructions on anything (laughs) in my life, so I didn't know that was a thing. Um, And then, you know, it's... It was really a matter of experimentation, and I I think, ultimately, there is no clean way to develop your own art style. It really is a matter of just lots of practice, drawing a lot of stuff you care about, and figuring out what you want to draw. Because every style is good at different things, Um, and a lot of them are bad at other things. I'm not good at backgrounds. I do them because I have to. I'm not good at it, and I can't sit down and draw a detailed building facade because it bores me. It just, just doesn't work, but I know some artists that can just, you know... They clearly love drawing and painting detailed backgrounds, and like the human figures Palladio. are like an afterthought. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> mm. um, I, I had a mini crisis when I was watching uh, Howl's Moving Castle for the cool. first time in a while, and I was just watching one background shot that was on screen for three seconds tops, and they never revisited, and it was a whole ass painting you could have put in a museum, and I was like, why? <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> what are you doing, man? Yeah, It's, you know, your style styles are good at different mm-hmm. things. Yeah. Um, and what, what you want to use the art for is going to sort of shape what it becomes good at. And I think it's a, you need to let yourself be open and flexible to new things. But also, when you look at other people's art, you can see how they're doing stuff and internalize that. There's nothing wrong with that. I One of my favorite things to do is look at someone's really polished art style and be like, you grew up watching Sailor yes. Moon, didn't I'm you? Trying <laughs> to figure uh, out
0: what they started drawing fan out fan art for and then later went on to develop their own style from is such a fun all the ones i
1: know are sailor moon disney warrior cats (laughs) those are the three that i've seen and the people Um, i know
2: interestingly it works the same way with literature as well yeah
1: (laughs) yeah um and of course you know letting your style develop is so important because you cannot lock yourself Mm -hmm. in and um this is a part of why I have trouble rereading the early chapters of the comic, even though we're only 15 chapters in, is like things have drifted enough that they look weird to me. The people reading are just like, well, look, you can see her go from good to better. But I'm just like, Hur! you know, it's, <laughs> you're never going to be happy looking right. at your old art, but you're still going to all the skills are still going to be there. I don't want to keep going on
0: about this forever, <laughs> but I could. Yeah, well, on that note, then this next question comes from Green Arrow 0116. What would be your advice to a channel just starting out?
2: We actually Um, send out this email every once in a while. Sometimes people ask us for for advice on starting a new channel. So we we give a lot of the technical specs of like, oh, like we use this and this microphone, we use Mm -hmm. this software. And and some of the the stuff is, you know, people are curious about the tech specs, but the the general point we try to make is that the the tech specs are almost irrelevant. Um, There are channels that do, you know, incredibly complicated work on the audio and the visuals but the fundamental content in the channel is bad. And there are channels Mm -hmm. that have very simple art styles, very, you know, minimalist constructions, maybe not the best microphone quality. And it's amazing to watch. So tech specs are something, but don't hang up on that as, like, the first Mm -hmm. thing you do. Be willing to get better at that as you go, because obviously you want to improve. But don't think that, like, starting with the best equipment and the best software is, like, you can do whatever you need to accomplish on pretty much, like, any software, any hardware. We started off recording our videos on this, on this nonsense, (laughs) like... Apple well, I didn't I did didn't. <laughs> <laughs> um, because I didn't own a microphone yet um, but it yeah it yeah it's about the technical yeah.
1: specs are important yeah. but like you can always improve yes. your tech setup you don't need to get that perfect right out the yeah. gate and that's uh, always something you can compensate. it is more important
0: that's like you can compensate for with time and experience too because lower quality equipment with someone who's just practiced a little bit is going to sound better than lower mm-hmm. quality equipment the first time you ever use it
1: yeah Yeah. And on that note, like, kind of tying back into the last Mm -hmm. question, it's like you can't nail your style right out the gate. It just doesn't work like that. It's always an iterative process. Whatever you do the first time is the first approximation of what you're going to want to do. I think especially when you're starting out, the most important thing about your channel is to really solidify what you're doing and why. Um, Because ultimately it's going to take your channel time to grow and it's going to take you time to get better at whatever it is you're doing the most important thing is to be able to stick with it because you enjoy it. So if you're doing something because you're like, I want my channel to get really big and make me famous, it's like, okay, but what are you doing and why? It's like, well, you know, whatever gets me views. That's not something you're passionate about. That's not something that gives you energy from the creation process. So whatever you make has to be something you genuinely enjoy making. I've seen people do speed paints. I've seen people play video games. I've seen speed runners. There are people who get a lot of energy out of researching and retelling fandom drama. Um, You know, whatever you're doing, as long as you like it and can stick with it, you don't need to stick to a regular upload schedule, although it does really help. As long as you can just stick with it without it burning you out, that's really the most important part. Everything after that is just you getting better. Yeah,
2: make something you want to make, and I I like to say make something that only you can, because there are a lot of people who Mm -hmm. just try to copy what someone else is doing, and it's okay to take inspiration, but make something that, that only you can with your unique combination of, of interests and skills and, and talents and, and things that excite you and be willing to let the first couple be works in progress. They will You will look back and you'll think they're bad. That's okay. Because if you, if you focus on trying to get a perfect video right out the gate, you're probably just going to work yourself up into a knot and then get stuck and think, oh, well, screw this, done. But if you're willing to just finish a project, get it done and then start a new one and, and iterate you'll get better with every completed project that you get under your belt and, and in your experience. So, so start and just do it, just try it. And then you'll learn things from the process of doing it again and again and again that you wouldn't learn if you spent that much time laboring over one video that you're still yeah. probably not going to be thrilled with at the end. Anyway, that's uh, Hank Green's 80% rule, which I've been mentioning yeah. a lot recently cause it's useful, but, um, <laughs> yeah
1: there are a lot of channels that i follow that found something they liked to do early on and have stuck with it with minimal changes like just kind of thinking back you know at this point youtube is i won't say getting up there in years but like it's over a decade old because our channel's nearly a decade old and that's terrifying but like there are people who i have been watching since the very beginning of that and some of those channels have disappeared and some of them have changed a lot and some of them are just you know completely the same like like coelacanths they haven't changed <laughs> since like the pre-cambrian yeah. it's like you know i can i can watch a new zero punctuation and it'll be exactly like an old zero punctuation with a better mic i can watch a new todd in the shadows and the same deal yeah. you know like and they work like that because they're good they're solid and the creator likes doing them and that's such an important thing yeah. you know like whatever you're doing with your channel and it doesn't need to be one specific thing there are also like variety channels that just kind of do whatever the creator wants to do and those often work really well because it's just like that person sort of flexing and feeling out what they want yeah. to create and what they're good at and what they can improve on. And, you know, if you're just starting out, I'd I'd say don't lock yourself into anything too solidly. Like, it's, it's easy to sort of tie yourself down to a formula and then feel like you have to stick to it. And any time something like that happens, it, it risks becoming enervating to work on. Like, you just tie yourself out because you give yourself these artificial obligations that you have to follow, which is why, you know... We didn't start doing regular Friday uploads for a while. It's like three years or so. It was completely... Yeah, yeah, it was totally unfeasible early on when it was just me. And then even when it was two of us, it was still kind of like, I was taking months to crank out a video. I couldn't multitask. I was also in college. I couldn't do more than one video at once at the time because I hadn't... And again, I hadn't refined my workflow right now. Right now I have 5 videos I'm currently working <laughs> on, but that's unusual. Normally it's a lower number. But like I couldn't have started out like this and I couldn't have started out yeah. like this especially before I'd refined my art style, before I'd gotten the process going, figured out the shortcuts I used. You got to give yourself time to grow and you can't box yourself into quickly. You don't know what shape yeah. your channel's going to take. You need to let it grow a little I, first. I also
2: feel like an important thing to to address is the 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 forgotten uh group of, uh, of people in the conversation of like, oh, YouTube channel advice, because most YouTube channel advice is given to someone who has not yet started a YouTube channel. There are a lot of people who've been at it for kind of a while, and are in that like medium space of like roughly let's say you know ab- about when when Red was uh, starting on the the Alien the Odyssey video and I was just joining in with my first few history videos and like we were doing it like we knew how to make videos but it was still very yeah. solidly a hobby and there's that like entire space of the YouTube hobbyist. Who like no one ever really gives them advice because it's 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 difficult to give advice to that group of people, and the people who are usually asking for it are the ones who are starting a channel and like don't even know where to begin, so there is an entire group of people in in that tranche who are unfortunately tough to 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 help with specific advice because it's a weird space where every creator in that like hobbying phase need something completely different. Like, when you're starting out a channel, you need the same advice to start, you. like, how do you make a video? But for the hobbyist, it can be problems of scheduling, it can be problems of motivation, it can be problems of feeling like, oh no, I've already done everything that my initial plan for this channel like allows for, and now I've basically like wound through the entire catalog, and I I, I guess I'm done. What do I do now? Like I've yeah. I've done all the ideas. There's that whole thing. So, right. I don't know if you have anything to to contribute to to that. I just kind of like took us on on a tangent, but I feel like that is a no, a, a, a yeah. space of YouTube creator that is often left behind, and and even some of our our peers have been like, yeah, like. They they give you advice on how to start a YouTube channel, but after you're like like no one gives you advice on how to manage a channel once you're at like a hundred thousand subscribers. It's like okay, mm. you're good, have fun. It's like no like that that tier of YouTubers also needs advice because then you're into like the business phase and no one teaches you how to do that. So it's mm. unfortunate. I don't want
1: to go on this too far yeah. because the question was specifically like I'm just yeah. starting a YouTube channel. Mm. Uh, but yeah, no, you're totally right. There's like there's this whole bunch of just YouTube channels that have gotten. a a decent starting like you know a a base of viewership you know they have an audience but they're sort of running out the thread of that first wave of why am i doing youtube in the first place and like a lot of those guys it really is a side hobby i know a lot of people who are like artists who have youtube channels that they haven't updated in a while because they're like yeah now i'm working as an official storyboard artist on you know major companies like oh okay nice work uh (laughs) but you know for people who are trying to sort of focus on into youtube rather than sort of pivoting away from it it's you know it's a matter of managing your own mental health, because ultimately the, the quality of your art is dependent on the quality of your mental state. You really cannot make good art if you're burning yourself out to do it, so you know, you, you gotta sort of manage both you and your channel. Otherwise, you know, something's gonna yeah. give, and then the channel's gonna have problems yeah. anyway. Um Managing schedule, uh, people will try and be like, okay, our, our current stats tell us that the algorithm is favoring this. It's like, it's never a good idea to play to the algorithm. It never work. works. It's always incredibly unstable. Whenever they change the algorithm, it leaves all those channels in the wind. Yeah. So like, you know, last year, uh, I don't know if anyone remembers this. It's been so long, <laughs> you know, one of the longest years. But uh, there was that whole thing when uh, YouTube kind of had to put in all that, like, child safety stuff and all those really exploitative, like, kid channels that were just unboxing toys were like our income, and <laughs> it's like maybe you shouldn't have been exploiting six-year-olds for clicks then how yeah. about that <laughs> um yeah but yeah you know it's, it's so don't try to play to the algorithm just focus on doing stuff that you enjoy and again you know the the art that only you can do i feel like that's the kind of the the phrasing makes it sound more intimidating because it's like what is the art only i can do it's like dude, just do what feels right you'll get something yeah. unique all right if you're not trying to play to the crowd or the algorithm or you know, the tropes or whatever, you will create something unique to you just by yeah. virtue of being yeah. a unique person. A kinder person. version
2: of that is make what you want to make. Not just yes. like, oh, make what you want, but make what, what, like, what you personally want to make, um, yeah.
1: On that specific note, the comic I'm writing is the story I wanted to be able to read when I was ten. Yeah. So, like, you know, ten-year-old me can never read that story, but I can still make it yeah. exist, you know, exactly. so... Yeah. yeah yeah
0: really really great advice uh this next question is going to be significantly less helpful to the viewer but i think will it provide some enjoyment for us this comes from Pixelkind, kind to red blue and indigo in regards to the legendary phrase gaslight gatekeep girl boss which of you is which i.e who would be gaslight who would be gatekeep and who would be girl boss <laughs>
1: Though your face is telling me you haven't run into this one.
2: I know what all of those words mean individually, but I didn't know that they were a squad. You
0: don't Gaslight Gatekeep robots?
1: <laughs> you don't frequent Tumblr? Mercifully, no. no. <laughs> and the parts of Twitter that have escaped from Tumblr's containment So field? I think that this puts yeah, Blue into
0: uh, either the Gaslight or the Gatekeep uh, category, but I don't know which of the two that that would land him in specifically. Mm, you know? Hmm.
2: Don't even talk think... to me about Dante if you can't speak Italian.
0: <laughs> 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 what are you talking
1: about? There is no guest like a computer boss. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, this is a this is a this is a tough one. I guess the question is who gets the coveted title of girl boss, and then who has to deal with the, the dregs? <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, someone's gotta be someone's gotta someone's be the big guy. Go someone's to... gotta be the lancer. Someone's gotta be yes. the yeah. Uh...
0: <laughs> the Simon the Band quantity all over again, but uh... yeah, it just never goes. Oh well. man. Gaslight, gatekeep, girl boss. It's just so fun to say.
1: Of your friend group, which of you is the most likely to gaslight the <laughs> others? Um, which, I... I don't know. It's a fun question. I just don't think we can possibly give it a, a proper no, answer.
2: I, I, don't, I, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs>
0: hmm.
1: Your party comp is insufficient. It's all girl Oops. bosses. You need at least Oops, one gatekeep girl... in there for team defense. <laughs> it's <all girl>
0: boss. <laughs> yeah. I can't take this. Oh, no. Okay. Um, well, honorable mention to the question. We enjoyed yeah, it quite a sorry. bit. Blue, go Google what Gaslight like Gatekeep boss is after this podcast. <laughs> okay, It won't
2: help. <laughs> I'm sure it won't.
0: Oh, boy. Well, we got time, I think, for one last question anyway. We're sort of kind of up on time. And to bring it back to our old favorite, the time heist, uh, this kind of ties into uh, yes. something we discussed about it on a previous episode. Weird Space Dragon asks, to all, a time heist question. It has been stated multiple times that at some point of the movie, the gang accidentally kidnaps Tripitaka and a B-plot of monkey hunting you down occurs. My question is, how did you end up in a position to accidentally kidnap Tripitaka in the first place? Uh, Also, do Sandy and Pigsy and the horse, I guess, have any role in this B-plot? This is more (laughs) slander against my boy. No, yes, they do. (laughs) they have to
1: here's here's what i'm thinking i think that the rest of the squad is like cartoonishly always really late to the party so like right after we've left and the place is in flames and they're like i think i saw <laughs> them that way. time <laughs> they went that way <laughs> yeah so they're just always perpetually late to yes. the plot uh as a running gag of sorts we obviously put them in the after credit scene but then in the second after credit scene that's when we do the the lead in for time heist 2 while rose of, lead course, to Rome. of course um yeah yeah um, let's see the question was how did we, how did we Tripitaka end up accidentally
2: abducting Tripitaka? yeah i'd imagine this is in the process of of getting the rest of our
0: yeah uh,
2: the rest of assembling the squad like so maybe it's like the, a time
0: machine glitch or something we yeah end up the just time machine would, would take
2: us to uh to ancient <laughs> or medieval china it's not entirely clear mm-hmm. uh uh <laughs> and what situation would would we end up with with Tripitaka. All I'm thinking of is the Kingdom of Women because it's top of mind since it's the one that just came out, but I don't <laughs> think that's gonna briefly, be useful for us.
0: The time machine replaces the horse, they like swap places in the multiverse for a second and then when the it, it leaves it takes Tripitaka with it. <laughs> I think
1: the easier solution is that a demon was in the process of kidnapping Tripitaka and we accidentally run him over with the time machine and like, the sack yes. Tripitaka's in like, ends up in the trunk and we don't see yeah. it for a while. And it's like, hey, whose luggage is this? Then we like open it and it's like, ooh, ooh this, this is-, is a problem. <laughs> And then we just have, like, Tripitaka in the back of every shot eating chips or
2: something. Is, like It's, uh, it's like, got him it's like we, we, we teleport in, and then there's the top half of a demon on the floor of the time machine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no! Like, what happened snapped. here?
0: The machine teleports out, and we stay on the shot of the demon's lair, and it just, like, pans very slowly over, and you see Monkey, having just arrived, staring down the time machine. <laughs> Zoom in on his face. <laughs> I think the <laughs> eyes go angry. <laughs> The only alternative is if we've, like, split
1: the party at this point, and like, like, Sir Dinadan and, like, Maid Marian are, like, off doing their own little shenanigans with somebody, and, like, in the process, they accidentally, like, oh, they, they killed this demon, grab whatever it was carrying, maybe there's something good in there, <laughs> and then when they get back to the time machine, they're like, mm, alright, you can't be mad. But yeah. we
2: were going to give this back to the poor, but it's a person.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's a person. And he's saying he needs alms. So I feel like it would be like diminishing returns to give him to the poor. Anyway, that, uh, that's Rich, like, that's it. That's it. They that's, accidentally that's, yeah. steal him we, because
2: he's he's in a sack. Yeah, yeah no, that makes sense.
1: Yeah. And we, we can't turn the time machine around because we're like where we were going right. and like it's got a cool down or something. So we just got to keep him entertained until yeah. we and of course, I think I think it's important that none of us can speak Chinese. <sighs> so we just fully can't communicate with That's him true. <laughs> oh my God. and it's just like in canon hmm, the indigo okay.
0: comes in. Well, i think like the third movie or something And i think i'm the only one in the group yeah. who speaks any mandarin so y'all be on your own yeah <laughs> yeah no
2: we're we're, we're totally yeah, toast I absolutely can't which i guess implies so that screwed. we need to be able to speak uh italian okay i'll get that <laughs> italian uh, and then old english old to be able english. to commune with the knights <laughs>
1: We can manage old English. It's like regular English, but with a golf ball in your mouth. That's not that bad. The night before bad. Christmas taught
0: me that even if they're from the 14th century, they will adapt to modern lingo very quickly. So I think you'll be able to handle that one. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Or it turns out Easily. we like we get the slightly wrong iteration of the Arthurian knights and Dinadan speaking French. You could get the version <laughs> of them from the kid who would be king
0: where they were all played by like regular British 10-year-olds instead of like actual knights, and they're just all using a lot of British slang. So it's equally as difficult to understand, but just in a completely different direction.
1: Yeah, they say ceiling instead of roof, and we all get confused. Ooh, that
0: one gets <laughs> Shout out to Tim from uh, mm-hmm. New Zealand, friends. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, Excellent.
2: I feel like I love that. Finding that's it. Yeah. I think that that's a good I like the one. The line
0: of the sack. Yeah, I think that's. A it doesn't
2: require a lot of screen time too, which is yeah. great because for like the rest of the audience, like it'd be fairly innocuous. It's like, oh, they they just stole mm-hmm. this bag, and then it's the reveal that it's Tripitaka to the gang and then to the audience too. So it, it works on. on it's there, there's visual no dramatic bag. irony. So it's a yes, yeah.
0: Show don't tell. But we do get the
1: dramatic irony when we cut back to Monkey, yes. who's like clearly those fiends have stolen. It's just like yeah. oh uh oh <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah yeah incredible
1: so many options
0: all of them what good. a wonderful yes. script we've begun to pitch in this session today well that brings us to time on this very special new year's bonus of the overly sarcastic podcast um red would you like to improvise an ending for this <laughs> it's sort of our only bit so i feel like we shouldn't abandon it even just because it's a bonus episode i can give you a drum You're roll if you like predicted yeah yeah, yeah, no, yeah no, do the no, drum there's roll. no need for that
2: Cool.
1: Good. Go ahead. Okay. Oh, perfect. (laughs) Yes, excellent. Um, all at once. (laughs) Speed running strat. Uh thank you all so much for listening and watching. If you're watching this on YouTube whenever we put this up. Um uh as always, uh, you know, the links to the channel are in the show notes or in the description. And if you're watching this on YouTube, uh next to the part with our logo and the text that says over the sarcastic productions with a little check mark, you know, that that thing. I think you know how this works. Um my God, what do I normally say when this is happening? Uh, as mentioned, there's merch, you know, all that stuff. Look into that, you know, vinyl toys. There will be pins again, so so it has been and so it shall be. My goodness, normally I'm better Are about you? this. I think it's because I'm facing the other way. <laughs> I am. Normally, I'm 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 super professional and and, and badass. Normally, and Red cool goes off stuff. on
2: her tangent, but there's there's purpose to it. There <laughs> there's, true, there's motive yeah. and a strong uh, strong through line. <laughs>
1: And I don't need to stare at myself accusatorily <laughs> the whole time I'm rambling. It's it's much easier to get in the in my head when I'm not like having to gaze into the abyss at the same time. Um, just when you're
0: talking to Cleo. You're just talking to an old friend. Oh, right that's here. such a better idea.
1: So, oh yes, okay, perfect. All right, let me just full this screen this list? bad boy so I can really get into the it. List? Come on, there she is. Ah. Oh oh she's looking at me oh it's so Actually, beautiful i'm gonna hold this right um, here and look at
2: the camera <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right so uh you know we we come up with regular episodes every couple weeks since i don't remember when this is going up it'll probably be another week or so before we can see it oh yes there she is oh man uh okay this is not helping with my articulation right. okay <laughs> would, um clear, yep. Ooh, bi-weekly right. podcast we already covered yeah. that part. YouTube, Got already it. covered that part. Merch, we're good. All right. Until next time, I've been I've Red. I've been Blue, and
2: that's been Cleo.
1: <laughs> yes, and this has been an overly sarcastic Happy podcast. New Year. Woo. Happy
0: New Happy All right, good work, team.